Hello, and thanks for tuning into the Homestretch Podcast, 101 Plus Tips for Navigating Through Assisted Living and Nursing Homes. My name is Chad Schmidt, and I want to share with you on today's episode the silver tsunami. Tsunami. What it is, is there are over 10,000 people every single day turning age 65 and over 4,000 people every single day turning age 85. And we as a nation are totally unprepared for this influx of care that's going to be and is needed for the elderly population and for our loved one. Now, I was inspired to create this podcast because of my grandmother, Joyce Farley, who used to live in Detroit as a child and moved to California as a 20-something-year-old, and she ultimately resided in Southern California, primarily in the Long Beach area, and my grandmother um, unfortunately passed away in April 2019, but the stages of her uh, diminishing ability both physically and mentally not only took a toll on our family and myself but it inspired this podcast and so Joyce my grandmother uh, lived in her last residence uh, the home for about 15 plus years in Downey California And when she started to hallucinate and freak out that there were people that were breaking into her house and leaving belongings, and she had to change the locks, and she believed that there were people that were kind of planting things in her house that weren't hers and taking things from her house that she was unable to find, my mother and uncle realized, you know, there's something that needs to be done. So we transitioned my grandmother, who no longer had the ability to live independently, into an assisted living facility. And then uh, shortly after that expensive care um, and trauma and uh, that it was affecting our family, uh, my grandmother moved into uh, a home with my mother and a hospice nurse who took care of her 24-7. And so today I want to talk to you a little bit about the history of this silver tsunami and the businesses and corporations that are capitalizing on it. So um, many of you remember in 2008 when there was a large real estate crash. And prior to that, There were these hedge funds and corporations that recognized this exploding opportunity that they decided to begin investing tens of millions of dollars and in some cases billions of dollars to start creating this 200-bed facility that has all sorts of amenities such as a golf course or a movie theater and restaurants and this whole community of housing these elderly that were going to need beds. They were going to need care. They were going to need people to look after them 
as they slowly deteriorated and degraded both mentally, emotionally, and physically. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the three most common types of living environments for uh, that are available out there. One easily recognizable is independent living. It's what a young person, a young adult is able to do. They're able to do their laundry. They're able to drive a car. They don't really require care and monitoring. That's one form of living that's available to seniors who still have it all together. They can walk up and down stairs, for instance, and they don't need to worry about their balance. But then there's a, 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 the graduation of that stage, or rather degradation, into assisted living, which requires some type of care, either by a low wage or hourly waged paid person that can either serve the meals or do laundry, um, all the way up to a very skilled nurse, which requires the changing of any types of diapers if that's necessary, giving them a bath, um, or helping them take medication. And that's the second stage of care that's available, assisted living. Now, the third type of care that I want to briefly mention is these continuing care retirement communities, which have all three types of care as the, the adult, the elderly adult progresses through the different stages, um, ranging from starting at what I mentioned previously, independent living, going into an assisted living, and then they will also typically have a memory care unit, which is geared more towards those that have dementia or those that have Alzheimer's. And usually in that, those last two stages where there's dementia and Alzheimer's, there will be some type of uh, lockdown where the elder is not allowed to leave the facility. Now, keep in mind, this isn't exclusively for elders. There are, in some situations, young people that don't have the ability to take care of themselves, those that might have a variety of different degenerative diseases, including multiple sclerosis or some form of Down syndrome where they require some care by a professional. So the other thing that I would like to mention to you that oftentimes goes unnoticed is do you feel more comfortable putting your loved one into one of these communities where it's a facility where they have lots of opportunities to connect with a variety of different people? Or do you feel more comfortable putting your loved one into more of a boutique which is a very small community, usually less than 10 people, that is a actual home in a neighborhood that's been converted into a commercial purpose, where there are sometimes private rooms or shared rooms. That depends not only on you 
the adult power of attorney, the decision maker, and what you think your your loved one needs, and combining that with what your budget is, what your loved one that needs the care would like. And there's a lot of minutia. There's a lot of confusion within that whole, which one do I go with? Because in my own example, my grandmother, Joyce, when she was put into this assisted living facility, she would frequently tell my mom and the nurse and my uncle and myself, I don't want to be here. I just want to go home. But where is home for that person? For my grandmother, it actually wasn't the place that she lived in previously for the last 15 years or so. Home for her meant where she grew up as a child. And my grandmother would frequently ask for her mom, which she was no longer living. But in any case, there are some elders that prefer being in a home environment. But if you, the power of attorney, don't really know what home is to them, it can be very frustrating and confusing and mentally exhausting to have to continually repeat yourself as to this is your home. This is where you live now. And it, it did take um, uh, some some help with the professionals that um, my mother and uncle were surrounded by um, and persuasion to put my mother, my grandmother's fears at ease. But we hope that in the future to be able with these episodes, educate you on the different types of facilities and boutiques that are available what questions to ask, how much does staying in one of these places cost on a monthly basis, what is the difference between the agreements, what to look for, what questions to ask, and even what it is having a power of attorney versus a medical power of attorney. Should I keep my the, the assets that my family owns in a trust or should I put them in my grandmother's name? There's all sorts of topics that we hope to educate you and make you more aware so that you can make an educated decision on what to do and how to navigate through assisted living facilities and nursing homes. So if you have a specific topic or suggestion, I encourage you to leave a comment in the section below or you can send an email to livewoptions at gmail.com. I want to encourage you as you go on this journey that the remaining time that you have with your loved one is precious. And I pray and hope that it's both abundant and joyful. Thank you so much for listening. Until our next conversation, have a great day.